Long-term recovery takes time, but you're not in this alone. My name is Tamar, and I'm here to walk this journey beside you. Come and take a guided tour as we gain a deeper understanding of our behavior, the mind, and our spirit. Each week on the Your Sober Now What podcast, you'll hear real stories of transformation, science-based relapse prevention strategies, and steps that you can take to enhance your life so you can achieve long-term sobriety. Thank you for being here and let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Sober Now What podcast. My name is Tamar, your host for this journey. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you'll probably have noticed that things have changed a bit. Uh, The first thing is I've decided to go back down to one episode per week and really make it a little bit more focused on that now what part of getting sober, right? Because it's one thing to get sober, it's a whole other thing to stay sober. So once you're sober, now what, right? Ask yourself that question, have you found your now what? So that is where I'm really going to be focusing in and teaching some science-based strategies for relapse prevention, which is very cool. You'll also notice that I went to the seasonal format for the show. So because we hit 200 episodes when we started the You're Sober Now What podcast a few weeks ago, we decided to go to season 10. Why not, right? And um, because I figured it just looked funny if it was season three. And so, you know, as I continue to evolve in my recovery, I continue to evolve in my life and my business as well. And one of the other areas you're going to notice is that my friend Lane Kennedy and I are going to be going uh, live once a month on the show and talking about the topic that we're focusing on that month in the Connected Calm Life community. And if you have not had a chance to join us yet, you can do this. This is for the ladies. Uh, You can head on over to members.connectedcalmlife.com. And every month we focus on a different topic and how it relates to alcohol-free living. We have weekly gatherings in there, so support Uh, support gatherings where we talk about specific topics and how it relates to your sobriety. We've also got monthly events in there. There's some additional podcast episodes. There's meditation practices. So if you are someone who really wants to evolve in your recovery, make sure you come join us. And Lane and I are going to come on once a month on this podcast and we're going to talk about that uh, topic specifically and how it pertains to our own recoveries. And once a month, you're still going to hear from an amazing guest as we focus more around that topic of now what, right? You get sober and now what are you going to do with it? And these guests are going to share their journey and what they did with their sobriety, which I think is really cool. So that will just provide you with more tips and strategies on how you can continue to evolve and enhance your own recovery. And then of course, I will still be joining you solo like today's episode and talking about my own experience as I meet them, right? Because this journey can be messy sometimes. And so I want to share what I'm going through, not only in my entrepreneur journey as it relates to my sobriety, but also just in day-to-day life because we all go through stuff and 
I, I know that I have learned some very valuable lessons. And so today I'm actually going to kick it off by starting about one of my experiences, which I had recently. So an experience that I had recently was trying non-alcoholic wine for the first time. Now, when I first got sober, it was suggested that I stay away from any NA beverages such as beer or wine due to the fact that it could be a trigger. And if I'm 100% honest with myself is coffee, for example. You know, I never started drinking coffee until I got sober. And the only reason I drank coffee was because I couldn't have alcohol, right? And I had started working with a personal trainer and my options were coffee, black, tea, or water. And so I needed to get something in. And you know, as my coffee drinking progressed, the only reason I drank coffee was for the buzz that it gave me or the feeling that it gave me when I woke up in the morning, right? That was just something I did. And I wouldn't drink decaf or don't drink decaf because I drink it because of the effect it gives me. And so I really felt the same way about non-alcoholic drinks. I thought, well, what's the point? right? You're just going to drink something and well, you're not getting anything out of it. Plus, you know, in early recovery, I think it's important, although there's the sober movement right now, right? There's, there's alcohol-free lifestyle, there's sober curious, and I'm for all of it, right? Because the more people that can live a sober lifestyle the way they need to, cool, right? That's less people on the streets, less people suffering, hopefully, uh, because just because you're sober does not mean you're not suffering. But regardless, um, there's a huge sober movement right now. And the NA beverage industry is exploding, right? There's so much out there to try. And I do know people who have gotten sober, because they just didn't feel like drinking anymore. And so they turned to NA wines, beers, and spirits. And that's cool. But for myself personally, like I said, I drank for one reason and one reason only, and that was for the effect it gave me. And so as I was building up my foundation in early recovery, I was very careful because I didn't want to risk going back, right? I didn't want to have an NA beer and sit there and crave the real thing and then that gets you know the obsession going and what if I'm in the you know emotional in the wrong place at the wrong time and I decide to pick up again it just wasn't worth it to me and so I did what was suggested and I didn't touch the stuff for a very long time now that being said when I grew a bit more solid of a foundation and I started to live life I was really connected in with my recovery community I had on occasion tried the NA beers and they were okay. I mean, you know, it didn't trigger me because I think that I've done enough work in my recovery so that that's not what I, you know, I don't think about that anymore. But I was still very cautious and mindful of the whole experience. Now, as I share this experience, I want to make it really clear that I'm not for or against NA beverages, okay? I'm just sharing my experience because I think this is important for people who haven't tried it yet to be aware of, right? We got to share our experience with things and we don't all have the same experience. But recently I tried NA wine for the first time. Now, I don't know what I thought. I think what I thought was that it would be more of a fruity beverage, right? But 
when you actually look at how NA beer and wine is made, it's it's made the same way. The alcohol is just removed from the product. So I got these bottles of wine. It was a generous gift. And, you know, I support that alcohol-free lifestyle. And I, I wanted to try it, right? I'm almost 10 years into my recovery now. So I poured a glass. Now, I don't have wine glasses. I have tumblers, like water, big water glasses. And so I poured a glass and I took my first sip and I thought, wow, like this tastes like real wine, right? And it was like a rosé, so it was a little bit sweeter. And I took another sip and before I knew it, the glass was empty. I went to the fridge, grabbed another glass. I sat there sipping away and it just, I started to feel strange. I started to feel like I was almost getting that buzz, right? I felt like I was relapsing and that was that was a scary experience, not because I craved the real thing, but because what it made me realize is that my addiction is right there waiting for me. Like, I'm so grateful that I'm in such a good place in my recovery, because if I wasn't, that made me feel like I was really drinking a glass of wine. And you hear about this with the placebo effect, right? That we can actually do things and feel like it's the real thing because that's how our brain is, right? We remember this experience and it's really, it was really clear to me in that moment that I was having a very similar experience. But I think what scared me more is that I walked back to the fridge after that second glass and I opened the fridge door and I looked at the bottle and it was over halfway gone. And something inside me just kind of clicked. It was like, Tamar, what are you doing? I sat and looked at that almost just over halfway empty bottle of wine. And it just felt really familiar, right? I mean, I'm sitting in my office on a work day and I've drank just over half a bottle of wine. Why? right? If I had a two liter of Diet Coke, I wouldn't drink half the bottle in one sitting. I would probably have a glass and that's about it. Nor do I actually drink, you know, Diet Coke as often anymore. But the point is, is the habit was very, very familiar and I didn't like it. It didn't feel good, you know? And so I really had to reevaluate what I was doing. Now, here's the thing is that I was not a classy drunk. Okay, when I drank wine, it was usually because there was nothing else there. Uh, The pairing of the wine and the food, that didn't even enter my mind because I just usually had the food so I could drink more wine and I didn't care what I ate with the wine or what I drank with the food. And so for me, this, you know, I can understand that there's some people that love non alcoholic wine because they get to pair it, right? They get to, they, maybe they were like that, right? And they just don't want to actually have the effects of the alcohol anymore. But for me, it brought up something more, right? Like I said, it, it brought up that experience of what I used to be like. It made me feel like I was relapsing and I was picking up those very familiar habits of not being able to stop. And there was no alcohol in this wine. So even at 10 years sober, I was reminded at how close my addiction is. Like it's just waiting. You know, you hear it being said sometimes if you go to 12-step meetings that your addiction is doing push-ups in the parking lot. And it's so true, right? It's waiting for us. Now, you know, I asked myself because I'll be honest, the next day I was emotionally hungover. 
Uh, you know, I had talked to my mentor and told her right away what happened. I poured out the rest of them. I, or the, the bottle that I had and I gave away the other two because I needed to get it out of my house, right? I didn't want to drink a whole bottle of wine in a day. Um, you know, so I did the right things, but I felt it. I felt the emotional hangover the next day and I talked it out, right? I shared my experience. Now, was it worth the experience? Yes, it was worth it because I think it was a really healthy reminder of where I don't want to go back to, right? So if you're new in recovery and I would challenge you to wait before you try this. Um, you know, like I said, I'm nor neither for nor against it. Uh, whatever helps you stay clean and sober, but I would definitely give it some time, right? Because the reality is, is when I first got sober, I needed to make sure that I got rid of those triggers and that I started a new lifestyle and a new way of life and new habits, right? So the older habits kind of faded into the background, but it's amazing how quickly they'll come back. And so it's just, I don't think, you know, if you were like me, where you only drank because of the effects of the alcohol, you weren't one of those fancy people who paired wine with food, I would definitely, definitely be careful. And if you're in 12-step recovery or you have that hard line with your recovery, I just say be cautious, right? And if you're not, if you're sober curious or you're just living an alcohol-free lifestyle, I think it's fantastic, right? I love this sober movement. I love that more people aren't ashamed to say that they're sober because I'm I'm proud to be a sober woman today. I mean, my experience and everything I've been through has allowed me to be the person I am today. It's allowed me to be able to share these experiences with people and help other people find their now what in sobriety. I just truly appreciate the experiences that we get to have in recovery. And, you know, I believe because I'm still plugged in, I'm still connected, I do 12-step recovery and I have my, you know, my support network all the time. And I'm always working at evolving and enhancing my recovery. I think that just continues to stabilize that foundation, right? So when things do get rocky, it's okay. You know, I know that I'm not going to completely go off the rails. Now, if you haven't already, like I mentioned before, if you're a woman in sobriety and you really want to discover your now what you want a little bit more mindfulness you want to learn some meditation practices to enhance your sobriety come join us in the connected calm life you can find us at members.connectedcalmlife.com also i've got a new website it's www.yoursobernowwhat.com and in there, there's a sober clarity call that's absolutely free. Let's gain some clarity on the direction you want your sobriety to go to. You'll also see a link to the Connected Calm Life community. And I have a free relapse prevention formula course. It's a little mini course that has some scientific uh, strategies in there and concepts that can help you to enhance your recovery. So make sure you check it out. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, do a rate, review, follow us, and share it out to anyone you think might benefit. I will see you next time. 